Season four. Sorry, guys. I I just came back from peeing. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do on this season of the podcast was find topics that people have like really, I think, asked questions about, like in a way where it's like they, I think, people just like need the answers to stuff. And like, while we have always come up with like really great conversation topics, I think like this six episode short series of um, getting to the bottom of like certain types of questions like creating opportunities or working with constraints or what is it like to finish projects is like something that I think will be short and informative and things that people like really can gain from. Um, And in addition to that, like our team has like grown and changed like over time. Um, And so while you still have me and Mackenzie and Abe, like we also have two to three and working on four new members of our team, which is like really crazy. Um, Jason. Hi, Jason. Uh, Hey, Alex. Um, Jason is, you know, running all the stuff on the brand side and producing these podcasts and is working on strategy and copywriting and all kinds of things in the whole breadth of the world of mouthwash. And Ben has joined our studio as a new partner um, who's just such an amazing experienced designer. So we have more voices in the room. Hey, Ben. Hey, guys. Cool. Um, This episode, we're talking about creating opportunities, which I think is something that obviously all of us have had to go and live through. Otherwise, we wouldn't be where we're at. But kind of where I want to kick it off is um, a little bit to backtrack behind creating opportunities is you can't really create an opportunity without waiting, right? And so, um, Alex, you launched Common Discourse this morning at 9.17 as per usual. And uh, this week you wrote about why waiting is such a problem and why it's um, kind of like the enemy to creating opportunities. And so I'd really be curious to hear you kind of go over like a quick summarized version of what you talked about in that. Yeah, you know, I don't think I'm the only person that has anything to say about this either. I think like Mackenzie and Abe especially can touch on this just as much as I did in writing and and really is kind of inspired that thought. But like this idea that like, you know, I think people really wait around for like the right opportunity or for somebody to do something for them or for uh, all the stars to align. And then you have other people who kind of like take that next, next step when they might not necessarily be fully equipped or ready or qualified. And I think like oftentimes we see people kind of progress and get through whatever it is that they're trying to tackle much quicker than people who are kind of waiting for the stars to align. Um, Mackenzie and Abe, I'm sure you guys have a lot to say about like, and Ben, honestly, I'd be curious to hear about what it was like for you in the beginning stages too. But like, we just weren't like thinking about what we know now compared to what we did know two years ago or three years ago is like crazy. And to think that if we were to wait until we knew what we know now, we would still be in the same spot as we were three years ago. No, yeah. <laughs> those, those are all good points, Alex. I think, um, like, I, I, when whenever we were brought this topic, I was kind of, like, so far removed because it feels like it was so long ago. But it really wasn't that we were starting um, like Mouthwash and then Mouthwash Studio. And it still feels like we're starting Mouthwash Studio um, but, but I think opportunities, um, uh, good opportunities don't come that often for us as, as artists and creatives. Um, so like we have to take, we have to take them when, when they do come, um, and then be also be able to gauge like when they aren't worth taking. Um, and, and I just look back at like 
everything that we've encountered. And there's been so many times where we've had to say no. And so many times I'm like, I always thank God that we said yes uh, to certain things or just whatever it may be. Um, Cause those have really shaped the future and, and present um, time. Um, and I also want to add that, like, I think Ben, uh, you know, being a new partner to mouthwash studio adds a lot of like experience and knowledge and um, just working on, a lot of different agencies, Ben, I think you've been where like uh, rally way, no basic and, and random. And, and you've probably like, you know, come across a lot of opportunities there. Um, but stepping into it, like a completely new role where it's like less of working for somebody else. And now like, you know, you're joining us and we're all kind of working for ourselves. So curious to hear, like um, if you have any insights on like uh, the kind of pros and cons between the two. Um yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I think like the idea of waiting is kind of interesting. I think sometimes things come along, but again, it's like, I really have found that like opportunities are really created and they, you, you don't just like sit back and like wait for stuff to kind of happen. Um, I think a lot of like my career has kind of been based on just like honestly dumb luck. And I think it's like, it's maximizing kind of those, like those, it's putting yourself in a position where you can have as many moments of like luck strike you. Um, so I think it's always kind of opportunities are always like created and taken. I don't think it's like, it's something that's really given, I, I guess occasionally they are, but um, at least in my experience, it's something that's always like, you have to kind of go after um, I, between kind of agencies and, and, you know, like joining mouthwash and kind of doing it now for myself. It's, I, I mean, I don't know. I've always viewed it as the same kind of process where you really just have to, um, I don't know, kind of, yeah, it's like go out and just try <laughs> everything and like something stick. I think Abe, what you said is really kind of interesting too. Um, in terms of like knowing when to let things go too. I think that that's like a, a really valuable skill as well. Ben, you just, so just now joining the studio, right. And working at somewhere like ransom, um, to Abe's point of like knowing when to let things go, random, right? Random or random. Close. Yeah. yeah sorry. So working at, at random and doing really well for yourself there, um, the opportunity you created by working with us, um, was almost kind of like a traditional like step backwards, right? Which is a little counterintuitive to this idea of creating opportunity, right? And I think the core of creating opportunity is, um, kind of breaking people down into this category of whether or not they think um, proactively or reactively, right? And so if someone who is thinking proactively is always on their toes, always thinking about where they're landing, whereas someone who is reactive is just kind of working with their eyes closed. Um, and so I'd be interested to hear from you guys if you find yourself being reactive and how you consume information and how you think what are some like active steps to like changing that to like becoming a proactive thinker? I feel like Ken's can speak really good into this. <laughs> um, I can take this one on. Um, I think like this difference between proactive and reactive um, proactive is kind of like, I think more of a learned skill. And I think reactive is you kind of start out this way, you see things and then um, it kind of like sparks an idea or you're not necessarily like out there looking for something, but I think learning to become a little bit more proactive and, 
like it's just like opening your eyes and your ears to the the world around you really and every conversation you have and every interaction you have with people I think there's always like um like different times that you're like wow I would have never expected that would have come out of that conversation but um I just like made like this really insane connection or whatever it is and there's been so many parts of mouthwash brand and mouthwash studio that have happened that way super organically and um through word of mouth or through friends that we've met in LA where if we weren't proactive in continuing those conversations or like actively bringing up maybe a potential to work together or collaborate on something, I think we would have missed out on a lot. So um, I think just training yourself to just be able to spot those moments is like a definitely a trained muscle that you have to build up to. But um, in the long run, it's going to really change the way that um, you start like seeing opportunities and different things. I also, I mean, I also think too, like the, like every opportunity is like every every decision that you've made leading up to it is what lands you at like an opportunity. So whether that's like a job or starting something or creating a brand or whatever it is, is like, I think a lot of times people often forget that like every little decision that you make and thing that you choose to do um, is leading up to it. And is like leading up to like the bigger picture. Like I, I think this is like opportunity is, is something that has like, you know, come fairly easy to us in like the most respectful way of saying that because we like make stuff on our own time. Like nobody makes us do anything. Like nobody made Ben and Abe engage in the Walker project. Nobody like made uh, me write my newsletter or nobody made McKenzie start PDA. Like those are all things that we just do. And I think like those kinds of projects are really like the fruition of like, or like opportunities are really like the fruition of like those kinds of engagements or interactions that we have with, uh, personal projects yeah <clears throat> and then to go back to like ben's point i would say those definitely didn't just come to us like we we had to make like a conscious decision like hey let's do a furniture project and now we get hit up for like clients that want us to do that um, mm-hmm. and we can say that about pretty much most of like the the um the clients that we get is they were all like conscious efforts um totally and, and the best way to put it because we were like at one point looking at other things and we we're like, dang, I want to be making that kind of work or work in that line of, of industry. Um, mm-hmm. And even now there's like still stuff we want to do. And so, but we have to like invest in, in getting people to trust us <laughs> with, yeah. you know, with their brand or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, it's funny on this topic and it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think about this, but Abe, to your saying, like to what you're saying, is like the the kind of stuff that we work on and put out at Mouthwash Studio is like not an accident. Like, I think it's a common misconception, and that you have to, like, all the stuff that you put out to show is like stuff that didn't pay very well, and the stuff that keeps the lights on is stuff that you would never show anybody. And I don't think like that is like something that people should settle for. Like, neither I think is that the only possible option or route. And like as like we're so lucky lucky and thankful but it was really by design that we get to actually work on stuff that keeps the lights on that we're actually proud of showing off as well yeah i think that's something that's like again back to kind of like the waka project and that mindset is something that has been like i think really exciting about being at mouthwash for like the short time that i have is um is like again it's like as you were saying it's like that muscle that has to be kind of learned is 
um, of, of just being proactive about those projects. It's, it's something that you guys kind of take and internalize. And that's just like the process as opposed to just like, oh, sometimes I do this, you know, for like the personal project I have on the side, but it, it it's really shifting it into becoming like, that's just kind of like the process of how I work is, is this mm. like proactive mindset. Totally. I think something that I like along, like out of college and even in college, all of my like quote unquote passion projects were just like straight up all my own stuff. And I would find it super difficult and kind of be like, how do we all do this? Cause I would just sit there and be like, okay, what can I create? What concept can I create? What idea, what, like whatever fill in the blank can I create? And it was really, really hard. And I think something I've learned since like in the last handful of years and working with this team has been like, okay, ideas can be way better when you pair with someone else who is amazing at what they do or have this amazing idea already, or, you know, have this crazy story. And I think that like freed me up a lot to be able to make work that I actually want to make because the pressure wasn't all on me to just sit down and be like, okay, like, can I make a sick chair and then make a sick website about it? Like, that's just not productive. So I think like a big part of creating opportunities also is um, like seeing the world around you and the people around you and thinking, how can I partner with them to make something amazing or do something amazing or tell some story Um, instead of having the pressure just all be on yourself to, you know, make these, these things. I think when you hear creating opportunities, it's like, it feels very self, it is self-initiated, but it feels like just a, like this self like strike of genius. But I think instead, like it kind of shifted the the needle for me to be able to look at it instead of like, how can I, who can I bring in to work with me on these things? And that will just mm-hmm. bring like so many more opportunities. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say real quickly, because it sounds like <clears throat> really romantic in the way we're describing it, but um, <laughs> throughout that, it, and it's really easy to forget looking back but throughout those moments i i think there's always been like obstacles or hurdle hurdles we've we've had a encounter whether it be like people saying no or maybe just not being interested or literally just not responding um we've all been there at some point um but it's like you know if if you're kind of set on like what you want to do that's not gonna deter you and you're just gonna eventually keep working at it um so you're doing what you like and and have created these opportunities um but yeah it's it's never like super easy and and we've been told like no a million times and, and still get told mm-hmm. no um mm-hmm. but, but we but we know what we want and we know that we're working every day to get towards that so it makes it a little easier um to not dwell on those kind of no's yeah i mean i think it's a super important point that Abe brings up here is that like when we talk about how much we love the work we're making and how we're so like grateful that it keeps the lights on. Um, It's not because one day we just woke up and said, we're going to make the work that we love Mm -hmm. and that's going to pay the bills. It's like waking up every day and consciously saying that I'm going to do what I can to make this happen. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like a constant reaffirmation of like, I'm going to say no to projects that don't interest me. And I'm going to like put all my time and energy into things that I am like passionate about and hope and know that that will pay off in the long run, Mm -hmm. but making it work for you and making it pay in the short run. And in the short term is like where it gets really tricky. Yeah. I mean that, that even, I just like think of creating opportunities as like mouthwash in a nutshell was like, 
when we were recording this, we were literally recording these podcasts and putting them out there for zero people to listen. Like nobody, we had no following. Nobody was following us. Like nobody knew what we did. And, you know, we had enough, like, you know, this might be a romantic term, but like there's enough bravery in that artistry to just be able to put something out there, knowing that like those choices are leading up to something bigger. Like, I don't like think any of us thought like, you know, we're going to start a creative agency or like we're going to start a creative studio and it's going to happen like overnight. It was like all those little choices that led up to making a lot of things possible. Like Ben was saying is like starting a podcast here, engaging in a magazine here, um, doing a pop-up in Chicago, like doing like designing apparel for somebody. And I think like the more times you allow your name to be in places that are seen paired with good work um, by all means, I think like you, you like Ben was saying is like you calculate like all of the opportunities that get created are calculated. It's never like an accident that like things just keep coming up or keep flourishing or allowing you to keep growing. On the other end of that spectrum then though, on like nothing is ever an accident, like get your name out as much as you can, like let lightning strike as often as possible. On the other side of being of like creating opportunities are people who are like intrinsically opportunistic and i mean that in like a negative sense right like people who are always trying to get ahead will do like whatever they can to get their name out there like without any like any thought of consequences right and so it seems incredibly important to me um especially now that the conversation around like networking and getting your name out there is so online and digitally based Uh how how important it is to like know how to seek opportunities while remaining human at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like I was reading something else the other day about like how we try so hard and put so much effort into like trying to explain our whole human being with like one landing page or like in a bio on Instagram or our Instagram feed, but humans are so much more complex than that. And it's really just never going to be as simple as like whatever you appear to be online. Um, I don't know really how that answers your question, but I was just thinking about that as you were saying, like whatever you were saying about being opportunistic. I think um, like what came to mind when you asked that for me was kind of like the system that we set up through the mouthwash brand, which obviously we're not perfect at it all the time, but um, like sometimes the first way that we reach out to someone is just to do a journal with them, which is just to kind of highlight things that they're working on um, share a little bit of their process, a little bit of their story or a specific thing that they're doing. And I think forming that relationship with them first really helps with that. It's not like this transactional thing where it's like, Hey, can we just like do a collab and put our name with yours and whatever. Um, usually they're people that we really respect and that we look and see in the industry as doing something innovative or different or unique. Um, so it is like, we do want to make that connection. And I think, first having that conversation opens a lot of doors so that in the future, whether it's a project that we work on together or a collaboration of some sort, it feels so much more human and so much more like relational versus like, Hey, what can we, what kind of like points can we get from working with you? Um, So I think setting up that system just internally has really allowed us to have that mindset. And that's just like ingrained and, and overflows into the work that we do with the studio as well. It's never like this cold, you know, just business transaction. It always, we always want it to be relational in a sense. And we'd want like to have that relationship with the client that we would, you know, want to have them over for a drink at the end of the project. It's not like, okay, finally this is done. Like get out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think as a filter, we've always like functioned as like 
relational, not transactional. Um, because like at the core, we while we do want to build like great work, we also want to build great relationships. And it's really easy when you function in this manner um, to see when people don't and you engage and it just feels inauthentic and it feels fake and it feels like it lacks depth. And um, I think when we first started, we really encountered a lot of people like that. But now it's, I think, luckily, I think it's like rare where we come with across people like that. Um, mm-hmm. But but it has it kind of like saved us from from a lot of like paths that maybe we didn't want to go down. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jason too also, you know, and on top of all of those points is like creating, we talked about this the other day on a different conversation, but creating opportunities. I think before you dive into what it looks like to create opportunities for yourself, it's really like important to ask like what your intentions are. Like, are you creating opportunities to make money? Are you creating opportunities to make work that you're proud of? Are you creating opportunities to like have really healthy, to meet other people or have like great relationships with other people? And I think like, and, and maybe I'm speaking for everybody else, but I think for us, like the opportunities that we've created are with an end goal in mind of making really great work that is an inspiration for others and useful for others um, and helps people really solve their problems or meet their goals. Um, and so I think like you have to really ask that question first, like what is my end goal here and create opportunities around that leading up to that, uh, that end goal. Yeah. I mean, since we talked about it, like I think of the Waka Waka site and I think of like how fun and interesting that e-commerce project was since it was one of the first we tackled, but out of everything surrounding that project, the thing that I'm reminded most has nothing to do with the website, right? It's like getting to know Shin and his wife and his kid and like sharing dinner with them. And so like, while the site is great and it's fun to explore at the end of the day, the value of that opportunity isn't like the work itself, but it's like the connection that was made. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would love to hear too about like you, I mean, you, you truly created that opportunity. I remember we were sitting at a coffee shop and you're like, dude, there's this furniture designer in LA. I think like we could do a really fun project with them because a lot of his stuff looks like it hasn't been updated in a long time. Like think about like that opportunity is like, I think like you just reached out to him and like willingly gave your time to, to him and in, in, in lieu of making something amazing or like in hopes of making something amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like, like when we think about like creating opportunities, like that was a truly like a created opportunity, you know, like nobody linked you up with him. Like it was like, you just reached out to Shin. Yeah, I, I literally hit him up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had hit up a few other people. Um, some of them got back to me, some of them didn't. Um, I think Ben, we were just like looking through like, hey, who would be cool? Um, and like, lo- it had to be local too, just because uh, logistics of like photographing it and all that. Um, but yeah, he ended up being just like a, a gem. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. he's just like a, a guy that migrated here from japan and worked his ass off uh for the last 10 years and and really loved what he did um but needed needed some help um kind of you know on the presentation side uh but but you could see you could see that you know the work was good and and you could see that he was a good person just from meeting him and engaging him um and yeah like i i think so much of the work that we did for him as as like led us to more work and and also just like he's connected us with so many other people but that would have never happened had i not like you know 
had that initial like interaction of just like sending him a, a cold DM um, totally. and, and being okay with like maybe him not responding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like just super kind of dumb luck with things. It's like, I think that one worked out and that relationship ended up being so good. Um, but I think again, it's like, I remember when you shared his like work and we were just kind of like, you know, nerding out about how cool and like really kind of different all of his stuff was and just talking about like, yeah, wouldn't it be, you know, amazing to do something. And I think that kind of like just being authentically like interested in what you're pursuing goes so far. And that's, I -hmm. mean, I like to think at least that's, you know, kind of like what maybe (laughs) made him not ignore like the DM. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, totally. I think that the authentic pursuit is like a huge underlying and like, like creating opportunities is like, again, if you're just in it to do whatever or to get some sort of clout on Instagram or to like make money or whatever, a lot of the times I think like that leads to relationships that don't work out or like, you just kind of, I don't know, you just kind of realize at the end of the day that like the only thing that really matters is like making really great work and like actually being authentically interested in what you're working on. I think is like a huge through line and like how you end up creating opportunities and relationships with other people. I, I don't know. I feel like you could add something in the end to help wrap it up and just like mm-hmm. speak more. So from a personal level going forward, like we're still trying to create opportunities. Mm-hmm. You're not ever just done wanting to do stuff. Like you're always wanting to do more. Um, so like what, what maybe what are some of the current things that we're working for or some of the opportunities that we want to create I can talk a little bit about um, PDA and just like how that has kind of served as just a vessel for experimentation and explorations Um, because it kind of started as like it it was kind of like a backwards situation because I it was really the name first that I was like dang this is a sick name what can I do with it and what could that look like and that's obviously not a typical route to take if you want to start a business (laughs) but I was like, okay, this name is amazing. I'm obviously not going to start a studio with it because I already have a studio. But, like, what else can I do with it? So I was like, there's so many things that I wanted to do, whether it's making objects or making apparel or partnering with brands, but I haven't had a vessel to do that with. So let me create something that will allow me to do that. So PDA is um, this brand that I started that is it is primarily an apparel brand, but I – don't even think of it that way. I think of it as this um, thing that I can just do whatever I want with it. I can make clothes and I, but how can it connect me with other people? How can it um, teach me how to make objects, teach me how to, you know, do different video concepts that I have. And it's just this like Mm -hmm. versatile thing. And I can bring all these people into it that I want to work with and have dreamed of working with. It's just like the perfect opportunity to, um, be able to try things. And I think that was like a huge creating opportunities moment because it just opened the door for me to do all these things where I wouldn't maybe just reach out to a photographer and say, Hey, do you want to work with me on something? Now it's like, there's purpose behind it. And it just is very malleable and has really like been teaching me a lot. And I think we'll continue to like create opportunities as it grows and expands. Definitely. I think that's like one of the awesome thing that like we're able and privileged to do is like think about all the things that we do for clients if you know you're able to kind of spin that back and if you ever want and like to launch anything in particular um, you can apply those learnings and and really kind of have a head start from from a lot of other people because you you've got to 
learn and make mistakes, you know, uh, elsewhere. But like, yeah, I think that's that's one of the like really awesome things about what we do, and and it's it's cool to see even PDA, um, like now from when you first started talking about it and had yeah. stolen it uh, from a fourteen year old hacker, and then no, we bought it. We bought it from him. Oh, no, we, I know. We, I know. We to resteal it from him. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. That, that that could be a whole podcast in itself, but I no, know. it's been really cool. You know, one thing I was thinking about, uh, J- James Clear like tweeted something this morning that I thought was really interesting and actually is like pretty in line with what we're talking about, where he says, to become successful, default to saying yes to opportunities, and to remain successful, default to saying no to opportunities. And I was reading that, and I was like, dang, like that is just like stabbing me in the heart right now because like I feel like I've gotten to this point in my life by just saying yes to a bunch of stuff and like the all these different rabbit trails and bunny trails are kind of leading me to whatever is next and now it's like we have like a few like things three or four things are really good like like they're rolling like they feel like they have some traction like they're they're really paying dividends for us in our lives just in a multitude of ways not just money um but happiness and like the work that we're making and stuff like that and the thing i think i'm having trouble with now and i think I would love to hear everybody's answer on this because everybody's so busy. It's just like saying no to stuff. Like people are like, I have this really great opportunity. Like, do you want to shoot this thing? Or do you want to do this thing? And I just literally have to say no, like over and over again, because I'm so f- focused on the things that I finally have settled on working on, you know, like mouthwash is like the thing. It's not like I say yes to this, then I say yes to whatever's next. It's like, I have to say no so that I can stay focused on this thing that we're building. Do you guys struggle with that as well? I, you know, I'll go ahead. I, I struggle with it, but almost kind of like on the other end of the spectrum, right? And this shows up more internally than it does like externally, but even saying no to things that like friends are asking for, like saying no to really any opportunity for me, there's like a real, there's like a real fear that something like that one like never present itself again. Like the first time you say no, it like automatically closes that path down the line. And I'm curious if like any of you ever like have had to work through that, have experienced that, if that's something that's like shown up, like shown up. I mean, the opportunity always comes back around. Like for some reason, whenever you think you say no, like you think that nothing is ever going to come through again or that you just like made the biggest mistake of your life. But like, there's always something else, which is like crazy to think about. Ben, do you want to add any, (laughs) I feel like you get hit up a lot um, just from like being in the design community for, for so long. Um, that you've probably had to like say no a handful of times. So I'm curious to hear from your like perspective, how you've gone about it or, you know, if there's even a way to go about it. Yeah. This dude's been, his inbox is just getting lit up all the time. I feel like, <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true, <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm super bad about saying no. I like, I always say yes. And sometimes it just like really goes South and blows up in my face. Um, I think, again, that's kind of like, I think what comes with opportunity is like just a ton of failures. Um, I, I think that's still it's saying no, like figuring out what to say no to is still a skill I haven't quite mastered. I think the kind of flip side to having a few opportunities that have worked out, I think that there's a lot of fear that comes with that of like, of those opportunities in my future are going to start drying up. So mm. it's kind of like fuels it's like this cyclical thing that it's like, you just have to keep on saying yes and yes and yes. uh, When those things work out. 
So I think it's like this balance that I'm still trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. Um, does anybody else have anything to add to that? I don't think so. Thanks again for listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.